Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and other assorted gender assignations. Welcome back to the Bored to Death Binge Cast, where we take TV shows and movies and binge them in easily digestible chunks. I am Jay Winger, being joined by Chris. And we are back for part two of season three of Netflix's Castlevania. Uh, for us, it's only been a couple weeks. For you guys, it's probably been closer to a month since we uh, since we uploaded the the last episode, given the backlog that we've amassed. But um, so where we left off, Trevor and Sypha have arrived in a town called Lindenfeld, uh, where there's some weird stuff going on at the local priory. Yes, there's apparently a portal. A portal to hell. Sorry, the infinite corridor. As uh, as a new ally of theirs, uh, Saint Germain, uh, <clears throat> said, but uh, the infinite corridor can basically open to many different worlds, many different times, including possibly hell. And Saint Germain is interested in getting into the infinite corridor for reasons that. I don't believe he divulged. Um, I think they got distracted from it or they were like, we need to just, you know, enough talk. Let's go deal yeah. with it sort of thing. Um, and the, but the prior, but the priory is, they kind of went a little bit crazy. <laughs> a little bit. Cause Cthulhu popped around and said, hi. Yeah. And... The, damn, the damn Cthulhu demon thing. Actually, to be honest with you, because of the way it looked, I'm sorry, it looked like the, uh, I, I know you haven't seen Princess Mononoke. Uh, yeah, that's that's one of the things that's on our list of things to binge at, at, one, at some point, but at any rate. Miyazaki stuff. Yeah. Uh, but no, uh, the, the way that it was designed in terms of like, first off, the colors that it was producing, it looked like the damn, uh, the, uh, the. What the hell was it called? The Spirit of the Forest from Princess Mononoke. Okay. Um, it tr- basically, like, during the daytime, it's this, like, majestic, uh, like, uh, I want to call it a deer, but I know I'm wrong. Uh, moose? Mm, think of moose was kind of semi-crossed with a uh, with a deer, almost. But anyways, during Big the day... Big antlers. <laughs> yeah, literally. During the day, it looks like that. At night, it's just like... 10 story tall like translucent being well because of the way the colors look on that that's the way the colors look on this demon thing with like mm. you know just like the way the hair yeah, on the back the of weird little head, tentacle yeah thing that, that that, that's what it reminded me of was that thing from princess mononoke okay so um <clears throat> meanwhile you know saint germain i mentioned this in the previous one is an alchemist yeah. And he is, he professes to be interested in books and, uh, dead languages. dead languages and things like that. But really he's an alchemist. And I mentioned this in the previous, previous one. He is named after a real life person, the, the, uh, Count of St. Germain, who was, who professed to be an alchemist was really probably more like a con man made his way around the various courts of Europe back in the, uh, 18th century. Uh, so this is him several hundred years before he technically uh, existed. Well, but remember, then again, uh, you mentioned that okay, he's so, a, uh, okay, so, in the games, at least. So while we watch these, I, I'm sitting there on Wikipedia. Every single time they introduce a new character, uh, like in this case, when they introduced St. Germain, I went on Wikipedia and I looked them up uh, because I need to know who these characters are because, once again, I never really played the games. So a lot of these characters are new to me. Granny, yes, 
I am a fan of the series of the franchise. I've just never really played the games because, well, I mean, I, I, I just get my ass kicked too often. And it, it the games kept jumping from uh, console to console. Yeah, it doesn't, that, it yeah. doesn't always make it easy because the times when we were playing these sorts of games, our parents would only really didn't always necessarily get us every single console that we asked for. No. Whereas nowadays, it's like, hey, I want that. Yeah. But anyways, now, nowadays, it's like, hey, I want that. I can't afford it, but... <laughs> but, but anyways, so I'm sitting there looking through all the different characters for this particular season when I get to St. Germain. Uh, it said uh, that in the game version, uh, he is apparently a time traveler mm. uh, where he can travel through time. Well, in the show, on his uh, chest, like it's like, uh, it's essentially a part of his outfit is an hourglass and granted we haven't seen him do anything with it yet. So I'm kind of curious, like, is that, I, I called it a time turner <laughs> yeah, because of Harry Potter. Uh, I'm like, so is it, are they going to actually have him do this in the show or was this just a way to reference that ability in the games and that's it? Yeah. I'm um, just looking up, uh, Saint, the Counts of Saint Germain again, um, because he he made a he made a variety of different uh, claims about him about himself, but yeah, I believe he claimed to be like an immortal due to the alchemy stuff. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe that's how they're going to explain it in the explain it in the series. Uh, in addition to all that, that's just dealing with uh, Belades and Belmont. <laughs> yes. Alucard, meanwhile, is still hanging out at uh, the ruins of his father's castle and castle the ruins Dracula. and the ruins of the Belmont estate. Where he's made a couple of new friends from Japan. <laughs> yeah, a brother and sister. Uh, uh, Sumi and Taka. Uh, they are vampire hunters. Yep. Well, they want to be vampire hunters because they had belonged to the Japanese vampire general from season two. Uh, or they'd been they'd been enslaved by her anyway, and when she left to answer Dracula's call, they basically. Went and slaughtered all of her guards. And basically let her revolt, freed all the slaves. And, um, yeah, so that, uh, you know, so now, but then they came to find the Alucard so they could learn from him how to become vampire hunters because they know that another vampire is just going to move in and start it all over again back home unless somebody does something about it. Uh and they're, you know, they're all sort of having fun. You know, Alucard's just relieved to have company again after at least a month's worth of isolation and loneliness. <laughs> yeah, and him sitting there talking to his dolls with the voice, like, essentially imitating uh, Trevor and... Uh, and uh, and Sypha, yeah. Yeah, and Sypha. So, it's, I'm kind of curious to see where they're going to take that. Yeah, um, and then... We have uh, Carmilla uh, basically enslaved Hector, dragged him back to Styria, where she is uh, conspiring with her with her uh, her little sisterhood of fellow vampires to basically use him to make an army of night creatures, so they can then march back to Brela and make them make themselves a little uh, a little kingdom of their own. Uh, where they can basically enslave all the humans and turn them into cattle. Yeah, and stick with the Dracula's plan. Hector's not too keen on that, 
given that he's he, human. He well, no, more that he got his ass kicked by Carmilla the second that Dracula was dead. She basically slapped a collar around his around his around his neck, beat the shit out of him, and then forced him to march more or less barefoot <laughs> behind behind them. Well, when we last saw him in season two, he still had his boots. And then when we see him first thing in season three, they're gone. Basically wore them out because they basically just forced him to walk along behind them. Um, but one of uh, Carmilla's sisters, Lenore, it, she's she's working on him. She's the she's the diplomat of of the group. Yeah. Um, seems like it's slowly starting to work, but it's an up, still an uphill battle with that. And then we have Isaac. Who's basically? Uh, he's creating his own army, and he's and he's basically like you know, basically he's, he's like you. You're all a bunch of rude motherfuckers, and I'm gonna kill every single one of you for it. But it's funny because he's trying to play nice at first. He's trying to be like, look, I'm just trying to pass through, but everybody's, everybody's gonna be an ex- asshole to him. Exactly, and that that's why he basically slaughters everyone. Granted, the first time he did it, uh, we saw him do it. He basically just said. You know, go ahead and have fun. Eat your fill. I don't need any. I don't need any more bodies. Then, when he got off the boat in Genoa, again, same same thing happened. They, uh, you know, he was like, "I'm just passing through. I won't do anything to anybody in this town. I just need to pass." They're like, "No, no, like, turn around and leave." He's like, "But my boat's already gone." And they're like, "Then we'll push you into the harbor." And he's like, "Fine. I guess I'm gonna kill you. Kill you all." Uh, throw the bodies to me. I, so yeah, that's about where we stand. Um, Trevor, Sypha and St. Germain are about to go into the, are about to head into the Priory, I believe when we left. And with this, with the Styrians, let me flip back here in my notes. Yeah, uh, basically Hector is starting to, is basically starting to uh, agree, but is, and Lenore is offering him payment, and he basically was like, "I need, I could use some boots, <laughs> or I could use some shoes, <laughs> and some proper food." Because <laughs> when they brought him in, when they threw him in in his cell, he he was, they threw, they, he was butt naked <laughs> in a cold ass cell, and in they and they and they cleaned him off literally by just dumping a bucket of water on him bucket of ice water that the guard literally, literally just pulled out of the river <laughs> no i don't think it was even in a river i think it looks like it, it because like if you remember the uh the top part of it was frozen over and he broke it open with his uh it's even yeah even colder than yeah and he literally just brought it in and i'm like well i already know where this yeah is we, we both suspected that hector was just gonna get pneumonia and die or something nope he got he's got that strong will to live who knows why, but whatever. Um, so that's where we're, we're, where we're leaving off. We, the two of us in our previous binge cast for this did speculate a bit on where we thought the series might be going. Cause they've already confirmed season four. Yes. Um, but at the time I was like, we should probably just stop <laughs> and, you know, wait until the end of the season before we speculate any further. But at any rate, so it's good to play that guessing game. Now. Yeah. And we'll probably do some more of that after after the binge. But for, so let's go ahead and pause this and get to the binge. Okay, and we're back after concluding season three of Castlevania and 
Well, we knew shit was going to go wrong. <laughs> go wrong, go south. My God. <laughs> Where do we begin? Um, so, we got a little bit more on St. Germain's backstory. We got a little nightmare slash memory sequence of him, I guess, the first time he entered the Infinite Corridor. Yeah, that was the first time that he had entered the uh, Infinite Corridor where he witnessed, because like, it looked like a bunch of windows opened up and these are all windows from like different timelines and different worlds and stuff yeah and one of the ones where it looked like africa yeah (laughs) and this like big two-legged robot thing you know walked you know basically walks walks past and then you know and as a nice touch the robot was 100 percent cg (laughs) and what was otherwise traditional animation (laughs) yeah so kind of gave it that nice little touch it's like hey this here's the future the future yeah um he also saw something that looked like aztecs <laughs> because the pyramids look very uh aztecian Aztec-y. or uh or mayan perhaps probably Def- um i joked it was like did he suddenly walk into mummies alive <laughs> i forgot all about that um but uh then there was another scene that was another uh like futuristic shot with a shattered moon and then the ship from prometheus like took it off legit <laughs> looked like the freaking uh the engineer ship from prometheus well or aliens depending on which one you prefer um, well no it's speci- yeah but yeah um the space jockey um, ship uh, yeah well that's what they originally was but anyways i prefer that over prometheus because the less said about prometheus the better it's not a very good it wasn't very good but we're here to talk about castlevania not um, prometheus and its many failures uh he also saw best. australia uh with uluru's rock and the aborigine uh, uh with the, the little i forget what it's called it, um i know they mentioned it like in one of the crocodile dundee movies because he used it to communicate with some of his buddies in the bush when they returned to Australia in, that was in, in the, the second, second one. Film. Yeah. Um, and it kind of reminded me, I don't remember the name of the character, but there was a character in what, in the X-Men comics. He was a mutant, but he used something like that to open portals to uh, the, the dreamlands kind of thing, or portals across the world sort, sort of thing. It's been years since I read since I since I, I was, saw that. I, I was trying to think of whether or not it was the episode, if it were that he was in the episode where they introduced the Shadow King, but he wasn't. I'm not talking about the cartoon. I'm talking about the comics. Well, that's what I'm saying. That, yes. Um, and then we saw the place I'm going to refer to as the Impossible Library because <laughs> it was just MC Escher on crack. <laughs> uh, in all honesty, I was joking with the way that they made the uh, the quarter look. It looked like one of the time streams from Doctor Who that yeah. the TARDIS passes through. Yeah. The joke, I made the joke. I was like, is the TARDIS going to go flying past him? He said, or a phone booth. I was <laughs> like, shit, have one come in one direction, the other one come in the other one. And way. then you have a DeLorean go flying, go driving past in, 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 in a separate one. Um, but, the, you know, in the Impossible Library, we saw this, the person that... Um, <clears throat> I we guess saw he the was silhouette. We don't actually a silhouette. Um, I'm guessing like his wife, girlfriend, some some ally of his. They they don't really go into detail on who it is because he just said that he was looking for somebody who was in the who got lost in the corridor. Yeah, who got lost like in the corridor, and it, this is the person that gave him the little uh, jewel that he uses to find 
these portals into the uh, into the corridor. Into the corridor. Uh, and he and he explains later that the portals are actually invisible to the naked eye, which is why he needs the gems, the gem to find to find portals. Um, but that's that comes that comes in comes in later. But um, while all this is going on, we had uh, Lenore continuing to work her wiles on Hector. Oh, she worked them all right. Oh boy, did she! <laughs> She, she was treating him pretty much like, uh, like a person, but at the same time, still somewhat dehumanizing him. She took him out for walkies. <laughs> she literally had a collar and leash on him and was walking him around the castle where they were talking. And he's just like, oh, this place will probably look a lot better during the daytime. She's like, well, I mean, I've never really seen the sun. I was never, I was, I, even before I was, I was never a day person, kind of. So, she, and she's like, oh, well, I mean, how do you think this whole area would look during the day? Probably wouldn't improve it. And in fact, it looks better the way it does now at night. And, you know, he wasn't disagreeing, but, you know, she was, she was, he was warming up to her. And then yeah. after one of these, one of these walks, she brought him back to a new, more comfortable cell. Bigger. Bigger cell. It had, you know, an actual mattress. Granted, it was made of straw and a, and a blanket, but it had a desk and a chair and, and, a candle. and, a, and candles so he could read. And she gave him like a book of, you know, a book from, from their library, like a, that he later revealed had like vampire philosophy. I don't know if you noticed this or not, but the page that uh, he was reading when we saw him reading the book had a illustration of Ca- uh, Castle Dracula. Interesting. Um, who knows? Maybe that'll come. That maybe that something like that will factor into later seasons if uh, Alucard gets his hands gets his hands on it. Maybe. <clears throat> Speaking of. Uh, the twins kept, you know, were basically still trying to trying to learn more from him. He brought them down into the Belmont hold. Basically, he's like, if you want to become vampire hunters, the Belmont then, then, then the look at check this out. These these people made it their li- their lives. Learn from them, <laughs> and then you know, it's, and I'm teaching you this stuff so that you can then go and teach it to other teach it to others. At the same time, though, they still f- believe that he is holding back information. Yeah, because there's a scene where they're walking down one of the hallways in Castle Dracula, and they're asking him about magic weapons, and he goes, "Well, my dad didn't really like using magic weapons, so he was he was already so powerful that he believed physical things should just be what they are." <laughs> um, and Hold on to that line; it becomes important. <laughs> oh yeah, it really does. Um, and as for, um, and speaking of like St. Germain, Trevor and Sypha talked, talked about him and, you know, Trevor basically, said, you know, said that, you know, he's a con man, but he seems sad. I feel like he needs friends, <laughs> which is, yeah. Um, but while they're talking about that, Trevor brought back, brought it back to a line that was repeated, that was said earlier in the season. And this was in the first half uh, so go back and go back and re-listen to that one. But the line was, uh, if you if you don't know the whole story, you become part of someone else's. It was a, something that the the ship captain said to Isaac. <clears throat> but it was uh, while Trevor and Sypha were talking about Saint Germain, he muses to her, it's like, 
I wonder if we've wandered out of our story and into someone else's. <laughs> it kind of reminds me, uh, so not entirely off topic, but I've been binge watching uh, Deep Space Nine, and mm. I got to the episode where uh, Cisco is suddenly in, on like I don't know nineteen fifty. Yeah, he gets like a he- like a head injury and wakes up. Back in the back in the nineteen fifties, but he's a writer, yeah, and not and not uh, Captain Cisco of Deep Space Nine. And uh, the episode ends with him talking to his dad on Deep Space Nine, and he basic what he basically says is, "How do I know that all of this isn't someone's isn't just happen, is, isn't just coming out of someone else's head, going on in someone else's head?" Yeah, so it, it, it's, it's one of those like. I guess yeah. I could call it a... Am I, am, I a, am I a man dreaming that he is a butterfly, or a butterfly dreaming he is a man? Exactly. So. Or, like, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode, where uh, she wakes up in, like, an insane asylum and is told that everything that had happened to her is just a, was just a mad delusion. And the episode ended with them... With her back, you know, you know it's, it, back to normal, but they never really quite answered... You know, it was left uncertain whether... It was genuinely, uh, you know, a, an illusion cast by a demon, or whether she is genuinely someone having a, having a psychotic break in, a, in an insane asylum somewhere. <clears throat> so, but yeah, sim- similar similar sort of thing. Although we took it in a different direction with that little conversation, but that's where. Uh, well, know, like the, I said, the, that, I'm, the, just the that, I'm just saying that. I'm just saying that that's what that it. That's what it reminded me of. Was, yeah. You know, those little moments that seem to be in a lot of shows, actually. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and throughout all this, uh, you know, Saint Germain is still investigating stuff in the Priory as much as he can because the monks don't let him go anywhere apart from the main church room. Because they're like, you see that basement right there? Stay you out. Don't go, you don't get to go in there. Yeah. Everywhere else, free reign. But he finds the Necronomicon or something. Oh, dear God. You, you were distracted. <laughs> I was uh, I was jotting down notes. You jotting down notes, and, and St. Germain goes and picks the book up, and I see the stitch work on it. I was like, dude, it's the Necronomicon. <laughs> I look up, I'm like, oh. You're, oh. Like, you're, like, you're like, what? And I'm like, look at the book. And you see, see the stitch work on yeah. it, and you're like, dude, don't read from that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, do not read that aloud. <laughs> Because Evil Dead, you read you read aloud from that book, bad shit happens. Uh, f- furthermore, Necronomicon translates to Book of the Dead. We remember the Mummy movies, the Brendan Fraser Mummy movies. The, what what was the name of the book that Evie read from in the first bu- first book, the uh, f- first movie, the Book of the Dead? She read it aloud. What happened? <laughs> the Mummy came to life. Do not read aloloud for books called the book of the dead or necronomicon which or is still else which still like means that. the book of the dead but don't do it just don't do it in fact he even opens it up and he's sitting there just sipping through it and i was like dear god it is i was like is it bound in human flesh and inked in blood <laughs> i mean it was it was we don't know bound in something there were pages missing there were two pages missing yeah i said pages <laughs> but yes to be exact two pages uh, and you know he and he asked he asked Prior Sala about it and Sala's you know you could tell he knew what had happened. To he him. was just bullshitting him through the entire thing. He was like, I don't know. And like, you know, and so he, fi- he finally so he finally leaves. And but you know, Germain basically told him, "It's like I said, I wouldn't treat you. I wouldn't treat you like a madman, so long as you don't give me reason." <laughs> Thank you, <man. laughs> yeah. Um, 
And as for Isaac, by this point, he comes across a an empty village, apart from one mad old woman. Who is literally just sitting there, who I thought was blind. Like, I, she was like, I could smell you. Yeah, mm, I don't know about that. I got the impression that she was saying that more that, like, I can sense that you're a forge master. Because she called him on it immediately. Um, but, you know, and they have a brief little standoff. You know, she shows that she does have magic of her own. But uh, she then tells him about this this town 30 miles up the road, uh, which has been taken over by this mad wizard and who has basically enslaved everybody in that town and all the surrounding towns and is basically using them to build something. It was never really clear what they were building exactly. Yeah, and a lot of those villagers were kind of messed up in some way. Like, there was one dude who was trying to pick up this, looked like a 50-pound rock with a literally a busted arm like there was like a huge chunk of it that was just missing bones exposed well from what we saw of them later and that happened in episode nine but they they didn't it was clear that the magic was basically overriding any sense of self-preservation yeah so they were literally just like zombies at that point they were still alive but they were zombies yeah and I liked the effect, though, of the spell that he put on them. I called it, like, a crown of thorns, because that's what it looked that's like. That's what it was, was a crown of thorns, and it had the little diamond in the middle that was supposed to act like his eye. Yeah. So that way he could see everything. It was like a full-on hive mind sort of sort of thing. Um, but, so, when St. Germain finally does get underneath the Priory, well, he found out that that demon, that, uh, or night creature... Uh, that basically started the Priory going mad, was still down there. It had been crucified, and it was still alive. <laughs> See, the funny thing is that it apparently told them to do that to it, because uh, apparently the demon apparently had a plan of its own to essentially bring Dracula back. Mm-hmm. Well, and this ties into something else. Before Isaac came across the village and the town... He's stopped and basically made camp and found out, and we found out that one of the demons that he had created back in Genoa still had the ability to talk. It was this bug-looking thing. It was a fly. It, 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 was, it was the fly. And they, I think the captions even called it fly eyes, but it basically, and it basically still, well, Isaac asked it, you know, do you still remember what, who you were? And it was like, sort of. It had said it I was a philosopher in Athens, uh, and then they condemned me for it when the Christians took over, and suddenly they didn't like people asking questions about the nature of God and and the divine, so they said that was a sin, and he basically lied to you know to the judges and you know gave them the names of other people to try to save to try to save himself, and then they killed him anyway. And he got sent to hell, where he learned a lot more about sin and learned that I like it. <laughs> and basically thanked Isaac for uh, bringing him back to the world. And then he was just he was just like, you know, like, here I am back on Earth. Uh, and that's when, like what you said, when he was talking about the whole sin thing. Yeah. Uh, but, you see, but the th- bad thing is, that was the last time we saw him. He didn't pop back up again. Well, who knows? Maybe in season four he'll turn up. 
I kind of hope that they don't just introduce some of these characters, give them speaking lines, and then just get rid All of them. All right, we'll put you off to the side. Like the, like the sea captain. It was Lance Reddick, and you all use him for essentially two for essentially two scenes. That's a waste of a great vo- vo- voice actor. And we'll see if they bring him back in season four. Um, but it was that scene plus the revelation that the visitor, as uh, Sala and the monks refer to the night creature they have tied up in their basement, was was a night creature that had been forged by Isaac. And that made me, made me wonder about what, you know, whether some of, it's clear that some of them have wills of their own. Yeah. Yeah, sure. They'll go off and, you know, and rampage if they're not given commands. We saw that with plenty of the night creatures that, uh, Trevor, that Trevor and Sypha had to deal with. Um, who knows? Maybe those were just demons that Dracula summoned and just set loose, you know, but regardless, um, I feel like a forge master imparts some of their will on their creatures. So even when they're not close to the forge master, they still uh, are basically acting in accordance with their desires because Isaac was very, remained loyal to Dracula right up to the moment he got sent through, sent through a portal and wasn't able to take part in the final battle of season two. Yeah, because Dracula was just like, well, there's this human here who says that he's willing to sacrifice his life for mine. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> just shoved him through. Because a by that point, Dracula was really, really wanted to die. Yeah. It was. Um. That was the whole point of season two. Was that his whole crusade was a was basically a suicide pact. <laughs> um. But. That's why you know the visitor was trying to basically open the open the portal via the infinite corridor to hell to bring Dracula back. Um, yeah, spoilers. <laughs> uh, but so I'm I'm wondering, you know, if that's part of how Forge Master magic works. I imagine we'll find out more in season in season four since Isaac's still kicking around and has got himself a whole town of corpses. To play with. Yeah, and then he, like, after he, so, uh, when he was making his way to the magician, um, <clears throat> he told the demons, leave the limbs intact, but give them fatal wounds. Don't they eat don't, them. Don't eat any of them. Because he wanted to have, he need, he knows he needs an army to take on Styria. So, uh, what he ends up doing is, he takes he's you know he's doing this thing with his four dagger stab 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 demon 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 and then these people start fighting back and well, it actually start the wizard starts fighting back using those people <laughs> yeah and they're you know they're actually killing his demons they kill a pretty big one not the 50 foot one that he summoned yeah but, but that big like beast one with the yeah. with the tail, yeah. Um, so that one got killed off, and you know, then Isaac is just like, and he gets to that tower with the glow that's coming out of the top of it. So he gets on his demon horse steed, makes his way towards that. And tower. he has some flying, some of his flying night creatures to uh, back him up, and then the townsfolk just start floating up in the air too. It's like the wizard was like. Oh yeah, I can do that too. <laughs> so they form a giant ball. Yep, it was huge. It was more than half the size of the tower. 
the way Wizard's more, Tower. Way more. It engulfed And it was not just like a, an empty sphere. That thing had mass to it. Yeah, and mass, weight, everything. And so... He summoned a, a 50-foot demon to basically hold the thing up so that he could get into the tower, well, and then it, cr- and then the ball crushed it. Well, the thing is, at first he charged the dagger up, because if you notice, like before, it was just like, oh, it's just a little glowy red, and then it started getting more and more intense until he saw one body coming towards him. He's like, that's the one I want. Yoink. Stabbed it, body falls, and next thing you see, big arms, big arm. Uh, and then the thing stands up, and it's taller than all of the surrounding It's taller towers. than the whole freaking town. It goes on Except over. for the tower, but yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it goes on over. It's holding this. It's doing the Atlas thing of holding the thing up. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's like, was it like charging electricity? It looked something? like it. I don't know what that was about. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if it was trying to do that to, like, I don't know, electrocute the people or something, and maybe get them all to die, and they will fall or something. I don't know what the plan was, but it didn't work because those balls just crushed this demon. I, you know, and then as Isaac's making his way up the tower, having to fight, you know, the people... The, the enslaved townsfolk are literally like crawling up the side of it and through the windows. I compared it to like the Agent Smith in uh, the Matrix sequels. <laughs> well, I mean, because I'm a horror fan, it, it reminded me of the original uh, Black and White Night of the Living Dead where the zombies were coming through the, the windows, their arms were I also compared out. it to, I don't know the name of it, you know, the, but you know the one I'm talking about. There's this Indian movie that has, that where it's like, there's like a runaway robot looks human, but it like there's a bunch of other robot clones of it. And it basically can overtake them and make their, all their bodies into like forms. So it like makes like a giant fist. It makes a giant snake at one point. It's it's I've seen clips of it. And I'm just like, what the hell is this? I need to watch this movie. Bollywood movies. You gotta love. Oh Yeah. You know, Bollywood movies, especially because of the action movie logic that they, that oh, they you employ. mean the ones where they don't have physics? Yeah. <laughs> um, but regardless, you know, he fights his way up to the up to the top of the tower where the wizard is, and it's the, and he's this decrepit old decrepit old geezer. I was expecting a Doctor Strange, Baron Mordo looking dude. Yeah. And uh, he turns around, sees Isaac. Isaac, you know, kind of charges. He towards takes him. out his giant mook. <laughs> and then he, uh, the guy, the wizard, puts, the wizard puts one of the uh, the little crown of thorns around his head. Meanwhile, Isaac is resisting it because his he's got eyes, a strong willpower because he's a forge master. Yeah, because I'm just like, how is he gonna control? A Forge master. I was like, well, this is going to be interesting. He takes the dagger and, and li- yeah, and like uses, forces it to, you know, between his forehead and the, and the crown. And he actually manages to break it. Meanwhile, the wizard goes, Oh shit. <laughs> and he runs over and stabs him in the chest, lifts him up. He dies. And all the, all towns- the people literally just drop. Yeah. And, Cause and the-, the crown of thorns all disappear and they all just, I don't, I don't, and then after that, bodies by drowning pools started playing in my head. <laughs> um, Let the bodies hit the floor. And so, it was, he comes, he comes yeah. down, and he comes out of the tower, and he looks at the demons, and he was just like, kill everybody, but leave the buildings intact, because somebody can Somebody stop. may, may, may come, come back to live here, or maybe they'll make a monument of it. <laughs> Whichever. Um, it seemed like it seems like he's just going to be chilling there for a while because converting that many bodies is going to take a while. 
Yeah, I mean, he's going to need to take a break every once in a while. Yeah, because he still needs to sleep. Because <laughs> he is still human. <laughs> yep. Um, but meanwhile, while uh, that's all going on, we got in... And this is something they clearly did to sort of fool us, the audience, a bit. But they showed the other Styrians, the other members of the Styrian Sisterhood, discussing the the logistics of uh, Carmilla's scheme. And Strigo's just basically like, I have to redraw plans and try to figure out how to make this work because we need bodies for the Forge Master, but we can't. But we still need food stock. <laughs> um, and then Morana, who's basically the administrator of all of this stuff, basically says, you know how all of the neighboring, uh, how all of our neighbors put up defenses against the four vampires in the in the castle in Styria? And it's like, yeah, they have a bunch of armies there. And Morana's like, they don't have that many soldiers. A lot of those are mercenaries. Mercenaries can be hired, can be bought, and we can basically just offer them more money. They'll come work for us, and they can they can reinforce our borders while we deal with everything else. And Lenore then goes to Hector, and it basically implies through that that they no longer need to have him as a forge master, and in. She's, she's seducing him, basically, but it's like we could just leave. Carmilla is so lost in her own scheme, in her own schemings that she won't notice that we're, we're gone for days. <laughs> and you, and he's... Poor, poor mad bastard's falling for it. <laughs> yeah. Probably because he's getting tired of being treated like shit. Yeah, and she's, like I said... In retrospect, she's still treating him like a pet, based on what we saw in episode ten. But to him, she's treating him like a, more like a person. She's saying all the right excuses for why she can't just why she has to take him out on a leash because Carmilla insists and all this on all, and all this other stuff. But um, she basically seduces him, and it's during episode nine that. They get it on. <laughs> There's a lot of getting on. There's a lot of getting it on in episode nine. It's not just it's not just Lenore and Hector. Uh, How do we set this part up? Uh, so yeah, Lenore and Hector they're doing it because and uh, she uh, well, do we want to explain the ring that she showed him? Oh yeah, um, that was before they got to the getting it on. He. As she you know, came over to him while he was reading the book and he's talking about the vampire philosophy, he notices that she has a ring on her f- finger. He's, and she's a, and she's basically like, "We all wear we all we all wear these." He's like, "I hadn't noticed." And she says it's like a s- symbol of the the loyalty that they have to one another. Uh, and she mentions like the black and the red is the night and the blood that 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 we ha- that we share in common. Oh yeah, the the ring is on the. Uh... The left finger, yeah, uh, left ring finger, of uh, yeah, very very obvious, you know, marriage engagements, yada yada yada, loyal to yada yada yada, all those sorts of things. Um, that's almost sort of goes without saying a lot of a lot of times. Most of the time, rings are going to you know significant rings like that are going to be on the ring finger. If they're not, there's usually another reason for it, and they and but regardless, that's irrelevant. Um, but while she's, uh, while they're getting it on, she is 
well, he is falling for her hard, and she gets him to say a lot of a lot of things. Is sort of like, be mine, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he's she was like, would you be mine? And yes, he's like, yes, yes, I would. And I'm yours. And then she's like, you know, be loyal to me. And he's like, yes. And she says, say say the words. And when he does, the she, ring takes hold of. Him. She slips the ring on him. That's the thing. He wasn't wearing it, but she slipped it on him at that moment. And that basically causes the ring to activate. And basically enslaves him to her. On uh, pain of pain. Yeah. As, as she explains later. And, uh, well, towards the end of episode 10, the other three sisters are basically like Carmilla, you know, finds out that Marana has come up with a come up with a plan to make her her scheme work and you know and Striga is just sort of like she you're a genius <laughs> for being able to figure this out and then Hector you know Hector comes in with Lenore rather Lenore comes in with Hector and she basically is like he's he's mine now he's my slave uh, she shows off the ring and basically explains that because it, the she activated the ring while he was swearing loyalty to her. Any any night creatures he forges will be loyal to her. And once her, her sisters put on the put on rings of their own, the night creatures will also be loyal to them. Get, which is a brilliant little way to get around the, that loyalty issue with the night creatures, which was something that they the, the sisters had addressed earlier in the season. They're like. Night creatures are loyal to their forge master. If we're treating him like like this. How? What? What is going to make him uh, not turn them against us the moment that he can? Kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and she clearly had this little plan, which mm-hmm. in all honesty, I would like to see her actually making one of these rings to find that, so, so we could see like what is the exact process that she goes to making these things. Well, things? she mentioned that it was a uh, vampire blacksmith. One of their uh, one of their own vampire magicians that had done this. I'm wondering if there isn't a drawback that uh, to that to those rings, because yeah, okay, he's loyal. He sweared loyalty to to her, but there's got to be some some way that he can make his ring affect them somehow. And Hector is he's probably gonna think of a way to make it backfire on. He has that book, yeah, and which is full of vampire philosophy and stuff. I guarantee you that there is something in there that is gonna, he is going to find that is going to help him turn it against them. But that's season four, you know. Whenever uh, that comes out. Whenever that comes out. Meanwhile, uh, so Trevor and Sypha captured one of the monks. They caught the monks making the uh, alchemical mark on. Uh, some of, some of the houses in town, uh, which they had mentioned earlier in the season, uh, can mean many things, but it, it can be me- used for death and transformation, sort of sort of thing. Uh, I believe it was lead. I think was the symbol, but re- it doesn't doesn't matter. Death transformation. And so they capture one of these monks. They drag him back to the judge of Lindenfeld. And they interrogate him to try to find out what the, what, 
what's going on. And the monk that they captured is just sort of like, there's not, we've been sending people away, you know, a little bit day by day, but we've been sending them out to other, other towns and villages to spread, to spread the word of uh, the word of the visitor. And so that's what basically makes them decide, okay, we need, and when Jermaine shows up and tells them, Hey, that demon that uh, came here back during Dracula's rampage, it's still down there. It's still alive. Uh, that's yes. when they decide uh, we're going to, okay, we're going to go launch an attack on, on the Priory. And the judge is like, I'm going to, we'll wait till sundown. So most, most of the people are in their homes. So they'll be, so they'll be out of harm's way. And I'll summon my, summon the men at arms uh, to, you know, in stages so that we don't tip our hand. And Cypher's like, do we have time to wait till, till sundown? Yeah, maybe you should have done it sooner uh, because when they finally do uh, muster outside the church, the monks have basically finished their preparations and they enact the ritual, which sets all those, those houses that got marked on fire. Yeah, and it creates this... Uh crossing the streams look with the fire because they all like go into the sky and swirl around swirl around and then go into the church now mind you the entire time that this is happening i'm like are they gonna create a cage or something and then like trap everyone inside and do whatever or is it gonna create a well the second i saw all the soul the souls of all those dead people in the flames i was like oh this is basically fuel <laughs> and it goes down to where the uh the visitor is and essentially goes inside because it one of the monks it. one of the monks carved a pentagram into its chest that was sala <laughs> um and so the, it, the this this flame goes into the pentagram into its chest and basically makes it uh it, it's basically it, it's steroids yeah it's getting pumped up with all the with all these uh souls and starts using using that power to start opening the portal to the, the uh, infinite corridor uh really it's aiming it towards hell but it's the infinite corridor nonetheless um, and we get this really nice uh, Doom Eternal looking yeah. <laughs> moment as, and, as we go through the portal into into hell. And I'm fairly certain we went we got to get a pretty good wit, you know a look of the different layers. Mm-hmm. We because, got well not all of them but we saw a couple of them because the very last one that it showed. And mind you, the entire time I got Doom music. Yeah, I was like, head. why do I hear BFG Division? Um, <laughs> As is as is going. By the way, this is all CGI, and it's not the best CGI, but it's still pretty impressive for. Then a, again, an it's supposed network. to be it's supposed to be otherworldly, so it sort of fits. Yeah. So you know, you see all the. Then again, Netflix budget. So. No, all their budget went towards Bright, and I'm think I think they're still recovering from that. Anyway. Anyway, so it's going through like all the usual like all red and grim and boring blood and whatever blood and, and twisted bodies and, and rivers of blood and yada 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 anyways it keeps going and then it like flips around and then it's the eighth layer which is supposed to be like the frozen cold. over yeah, yeah literally hell's frozen over uh and it's going further and further down until we get to this like abandoned church looking thing it was lisa's house oh it was I didn't notice. I was like, 
that's I, I I didn't have the words at the moment because that, right after that we as we're moving into the the ruins of Lisa's of Lisa Tepish's house and we see her and Dracula in the ruins. just sort of embracing there in the ruins and Dracula who I'm assuming could see the portal or no both of them could they both like glance over like and it's like do you mind <laughs> we were having a moment. <laughs> So, oh God! Uh, so there was that to where because th- this uh, demon's goal is to obviously bring Dracula back. So <clears throat> the entire time Saint Germain is essentially in control of the uh, um, the portal. At this well, point. he's trying to aim it, but he doesn't really have the the, the ability to do so. Yeah. So. The meanwhile, uh, the visitor summons a bunch more demons. For yeah, a bunch more demons. Uh, they end up fighting them, um, and uh, Sypha does. Uh, you know, she uses a new element. During well, this yeah, fight. yeah. We've seen her using uh, ice and fire and air because she's used that to like fly, to like propel herself around the battlefield. Not full on fly. She uses fire for that. But she holds jokes. Yeah, <laughs> essentially. Um, but she used lightning. Yeah, to electrocute uh, this one demon that was standing uh, over. Really water. overpowered demon. That thing was just like firing arrows, like freaking crazy. Well, the arrows were coming out of its hands. Yeah, it was like literally just growing bones out of its hand, and just using those bones as arrows. So she electrocutes it, kills it. Meanwhile, Trevor is battling the uh, the visitor, and he's basically whipping it multiple times with the Morning Star. And it's like, why isn't it dying? <laughs> and uh, Saint Germain basically tells him why. <laughs> oh yeah, that thing has like a thousand souls inside of it. Good luck. Yeah. Every time you kill it, it just comes back. It, I, I, I refer to it as a living philosopher's stone because it was a very much like a the, Full Metal Alchemist. The, 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 the demon was Legion, which is in no way. For We Are Many. Okay, yeah. That's true. Um, so, um, during this badass moment here, Trevor is just like, I'm going to use my other whip for this one. He dual wields his whips. And he's just sitting there just whip, 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 whip. And um, it's reminding me of the, uh, the whip dude from Underworld. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I saw that scene. I've only seen fragments of the Underworld movies. Um... It's just I just wasn't that interested in vampire and werewolf stuff at the time those movies were coming out. So whereas nowadays you might be like, mm, I think I'll check it out. But anyways, yeah. um, so he's sitting there just like one whip after another, and he's just smacking this demon over and over again. It's got all these like wounds on it, mm-hmm. and and they're, they've been taking their lumps during all this stuff. They're not getting through these fights unscathed. No, they they're cut up. The, they're bruised. They're they're. Trevor got thrown against the wall. Um, slammed against the wall, but yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but then, as you know, Saint Germain is trying to aim the portal to try to find. Uh, the impossible library uh, and the person within that's trapped within it, he finally realizes it's the demon is the one that's controlling it. So what does he do? He goes over, uses his gemstone and hijacks he, he it. He jumps on top of the, on top of its head, uses the gemstone, puts it in his eye and uses that to control it. And that's when he uses it to close the portal to hell 
just as Dracula was reaching towards it. (laughs) And then it opens back up, and there's the library, and the chick is standing right there. And And again, once again, we don't know who it is. All we see is a silhouette. Jermaine, you know, basically gets ready to jump off the the visitor, tells Trevor, kill this thing. You know, and that'll close, and it'll close the portal. So he jumps, so he jumps through, Trevor kills the visitor, finally. Uh, Takes some doing, but they do it. Uh, He does it by essentially, like, well, first off, the animation quality changed for this one. Well, the, 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 the animation quality... Well, the animation seems seemed to have changed a lot for the action sequences. I, I noticed it when Trevor was fighting the monks uh, when they when he captured the the scarred one, and it was especially noticeable during during the fights with with the demons in in this episode. But yeah. So anyway, so uh, he, at this point, like the demon, the, the visitor tries to launch a fireball at him. He like takes both of his whips. And I swear, it's like the whips absorb the fire, and he just goes and the Morning it. Star absorbed the fire because oh, yeah, it's a magical because, weapon. Oh yeah, because the tip of it kind of like opened up a little bit and like contained some of the fire in it, and then he like uses both and the same snaps time, it down. <laughs> snaps down, visitor blows up, mm-hmm. and uh, Saint Germain, who's at this point is on the other side of the portal, goes, "I'll close the portal. You guys might want to leave." You guys might want to leave. I'll find you later. He did tell them, I, I, you know, that he will see that he will see them again. Yeah. So it closes up. They leave. And while the priory is collapsing around them, we need to address what was going on with Alucard and the. Twins. No, 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 no. We need to keep going with the uh, the the judge. During this the is true. Okay, we'll come back to Alucard and the twins. The judge. We need to rewind a little bit because a couple episodes before. We saw him interacting with a little kid who was running around in his neighborhood, and he said that you know, like the one of the things that he doesn't tolerate is little is kids running, running around. around his neighborhood, around his town. I was like, that seems a little bit intolerant of you, but you know, you're otherwise. I was like, he otherwise seems like a pretty stand up guy, so I'm willing to give him that little eccentricity. I should have trusted my instincts, <laughs> but at any rate. With the kid, he basically he's he's stern at first, but then he's like, "You try to, you, but I see you here early every morning because you're trying to get the freshest apples, aren't you?" And the, kid, like, the kids, the kids like nod nods. He's like, "All right, then if you then if, if you go down this road, take the back field into the woods where your parents tell you not to go. You take a right at the fork. You keep going all the way down to you. You'll eventually get to an apple tree. Now you're probably asking, "Oh, what's so special with this apple tree?" Well, it's my own personal apple tree. I don't tell anybody about it, but if and you as, want to, go ahead. And as long as you don't promise not to tell anyone else. <laughs> and the kid take and he kid tells nods. him to take like three apples is the amount that he's allowed to take. The kid's like, "Yay!" Takes off running, and the judge is just like, "No running." The kid does it anyways. Yeah. And we don't see the kid again after that. We don't know what happened. We figured it was... I took it... it, it the moment, At the time, I just took it as a simple little interaction. But then, as Sala is running away from the Priory, he bumps into the judge. And they have a brief little, you know, like, knife fight, but Sala's faster. Yeah. Shanks him. And the judge then basically tells tells him to... Take the backfield into the woods. Go turn right at the fork until you reach an apple tree, and you'll find your path to safety. 
and and Sal's like, why would you why would you do this? And the judge basically just is like, you were the better judge, <laughs> or something like that. Something along the lines of that. Uh, but when Trevor and Sypha come across the judge after they escape from the priory, he's he's lying there on the ground. The knife is still buried in his chest, and he basically tells them that he that he killed Sala. And I at first I was like, wait, what? And he, but then he's like. Uh, Give, get, find my knife. I want to. I want to hold it. I want it so that what? Because I'm going to be waiting for that bastard when he gets to hell, so I can kill him all over again. <laughs> so, and then he basically pulls the whole delete my browser history. He's, he he tells Sypha to burn his house. Doesn't say why. He just says burn my house down. So they're like, okay. So they go and find this apple tree. Then mind you, uh, Sala fell into a pit with a. Bunch of it was in. a man trap with a bunch of spikes in it. Died in a pretty nasty way. <laughs> I mean, one of those spikes kind of like went through uh, the back of his head and out his eye hole. It's a bigger eye hole now. Um, yeah. And he essentially dies from numerous wounds and yep. shock and whatever. And as soon as that happens, we were both like, "What?" you were like, what happened to the kid? <laughs> like, that's when I was like, how many traps does he have around there? And then, because Trevor and Sypha were also told by Sala, you know, that, you know, where to, you know, or not by Sala, by the judge, where they could find Sala. And he tells them, take the backfield into the woods, turn, go right at the fork until you reach an apple tree. And when they get there, they find the pit and they find Sala's body in it. And then Sypha's like, what are all those small bones? And then she's like, are those animal bones? And then you see, like, clothing and I was at that point I was like, oh no. <laughs> and they get to they go to his house and Sypha was like he said to burn it, but people could probably there might still be things you know, Trevor's like, I wanna go inside. He's like, yeah, I wanna He's go. like, there could be things in there that people could use as they're rebuilding kind of stuff. So they go inside and there's a key laying on the table, he takes the key. And he's like, oh, well, you know, there's, you, I want to see what's inside the, inside, inside this room, inside this room. And because we'd seen the judge coming out of that room just before they did the interrogation of the monk. And he'd clearly been exerting himself somehow because he was all sweaty and panting and everything. He composed himself very quickly when the others showed up, but he was like, oh shit, back to business. Mm-hmm. And so they open the door and there's a bunch of shoes inside. Children's shoes. Yeah. It was a serial killer's collection. That's what it was. Let's not beat around the bush. That's what it was. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I knew I shouldn't have trusted it because it was Jason Isaacs who was doing the voice and he does villains so damn well. I really need to get you to watch Star Trek Discovery. Oh, God. I was uh, As soon as that happened, I was like, no, I wanted to like you. <laughs> damn it. So... They're like, you know what? Fuck this house. And yep, they go and outside they and they just it. completely burned it down. And as they're riding out of town, she is very depressed about what about how everything went wrong. And Trevor summarizes everything. And it, in a way, this brings it back to the whole, you know, another person's story thing. Yeah. He's like, for two months, we lived your life, adventuring and victories. Now we're going back to my life. And I was like, oh, God, uh, poor, poor Trevor, because his life sucks. 
you know, he, he every time he see he sees something that might indicate that people aren't all that bad, they prove him wrong. There is something ugly underneath that mask. So they ride off into the sunset on the uh, the wagon that uh, somehow didn't get burned. Yep. And with the horses that didn't get spooked. And now we need to talk about Alucard mm-hmm. and the twins. So, anyways, uh, so he's laying in his bed, can't sleep, and he, mind you, this is at night, and I'm wondering if, uh, whether this is, I don't know if he's trying to, like, act human, or if he's just trying to not be full vampire and sleep in a bed. But he's sitting there tossing and turning. And he's and like, he, I wonder if I should get a coffin. <laughs> well, he was in a coffin for, what was it, a year? Yeah, recovering from the... The scar that uh, his dad gave him. Um, but so he, but he's lying there, just can't sleep, you know. And then the twins come in. Yep. And well, they seduce him. They're like, "This, it's time for your reward." <laughs> it's like you've been alone for so long, kind of, kind of thing. And as soon as they showed up, I was like, this is, what are they up to? This is not just them trying to do something nice for him. This is... They, they plot something. They were up to something. And sure enough, and the timing of it happened almost the exact same moment that Hector got enslaved by the ring. They were going back and forth with those scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was for a good reason. You know, because they, they went back and forth between those two scenes, as well as the battle outside the Priory and Isaac versus the wizard and the, and the, and the enslaved townsfolk. They, they jump, they jump back and forth between those four scenes. Um, um so, <laughs> but they basically slap a couple of silver cuffs on his wrists. They tighten around his wrists and then they like spawn chains essentially. Yeah. Around his body and, the entire, crucif- crucifix position. The entire time, it looked like he was trying to break free of it, but he couldn't because uh, he was trying to use what looked like... Uh, vampire strength. Well, yeah, well, no, not really the vampire strength, but that little, like, teleportation ability that he has. The flash step, yeah. Yeah. It looked like he was trying to use that, but because of this thing that's around him is preventing him from doing so, they're holding these daggers over him. They're like, okay, well, you know, because you don't want to... You don't trust us. You've lied to us. <laughs> just so, like ev- just like everybody in the world has lied to us. So we're going to... Um, Brace going to kill you. Yeah, basically. And he's, and he's trying to... Ins- and he's insisting, I'm not hiding anything from you. Because... They one of the things that he they kept asking him to do was show show them how the engine that moves the castle works. All he and had he, to do he, was show. Well, them. and he told them repeatedly it, the the engines the, the engines damaged. It, you know, uh, it, he admits that it could possibly be repaired, but he doesn't really want to want to move it. See, I know honestly, I feel like all he had to do was take them to the room and show them and show them be like, I told you. <laughs> But I also got, but they, since they were asking if it could be repaired, I got the impression that he did show it to them off, off camera at some point, but there were other rooms in in the castle that he wasn't showing them. And so that's why they assumed that he was holding something back from them. And that, hence the magical weapons mm-hmm. uh, line. Well, and plus one of the reasons, one of the things that had gotten them to stick around was that he, that he implied he was going to teach them magic. And he hadn't been doing that yet. 
And so they were like, you promised to teach us magic. You know, they like now, now, now sort of thing. You know, that's one of those things you kind of got to work up to. <laughs> but, you know, he kind of really skipped around the bush on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he was just hesitant. To do yeah. It. And plus, you know, it's like he'd been alone for a while. I think he was just enjoying having friends rather than students <laughs> kind of thing. So, um, yeah, they, they're getting ready to, ready to, to kill him. And then his sword shows up. Flies through the air, slices their throats open, and as it, the sword is hovering there over over the bed, he just says, "I said my father didn't like magical weapons. I never said I can't use them." <laughs> and that's when they both basically die in his bed because their throats are yeah, slit they, wide open. And so his story ends, of season three yeah. ends with him walking back towards. Castle Dracula with a basket in his hand through the woods, and he's he, commenting just sort of like I should have. He's been. like, I, he's like, I don't know, maybe I should have put a sign up or something yeah, like a danger of death, <laughs> danger of death, abandon all hope, something like that. But I guess this will do. Dead old dad would approve. It was the twins impaled, just like Daddy used to. Yep, <laughs> up through the anus, out through the mouth. So, uh, so yeah, they were the. Yeah, because I was just, you know, I was wondering, as all the that stuff was happening in, uh, in towards the end of the season, with Hector essentially being betrayed by Lenore, because he had he placed his trust in her and she stabbed him in the heart with it. Um, Literally, Isaac still still basically wants to murder the world. Trevor and Sypha got a. Full proof that even the people that you like are probably hiding something really dark. Well, Trevor already knew this, but Sypha got a hard lesson about it. Alucard got stabbed in the back by people that he had come to that he had come to view as friends. We saw him before we got to the impaled them on on stakes outside outside the castle scene. We saw him curled up. In his old room, the same spot where he killed his father, his father's wed- his father's silver ring still on the floor where it fell. I was looking at that ring and I was just like, "What is, is that?" With- I was like, "What is that with that ring?" And it wasn't until I said, "That's where he killed his father." And I was like, "Oh," because I knew it was his old. Yeah, he, and he's just he's just curled up on the floor weeping about it. Still naked. Still naked, but weeping, and I was just like. Is this going to make Alucard start going evil? I don't know if he ever turned evil in the games or not. I mean, it's, you know, he's starting to take after his dad now, leaving bodies impaled around. Well, I mean, seeing as how they tried to kill him. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, that's the kind of thing that could start you on a path. We don't know full on what started Dracula down the path in this setting, specifically, to becoming evil motherfucker Lord of the Vampires. We know what started his crusade against the world, but we don't know what basically turned him into the cold-hearted Like bastard. I said, I would like to see a prequel season that mm. shows Simon Belmont. Yeah. Um, but Hector, like I said, like I said, he's going to try he's going to find a loophole to turn those rings against the sisters. Seeing as how he has that book because 
the she because when she was just when she was talking about the, the how the ring works, uh, she said if he tries to run away or try to take it off, uh, the ring will put him in such immense pain that it'll feel like he just shit out his own heart. Mm-hmm. And and meanwhile, the entire time he's just standing there, and I honestly. I seriously thought that she had him brainwashed at that point. And I think he was he just was... shell shocked. And because after they left the room where her sisters are at, he started talking normally again. So I was just like, I thought that th- I thought the ring had you under like complete control, like a hypnosis. Uh, yeah, thing. and he and was like... pissed when he started talking again because not without reason. Because um, he's like, you you made me into a slave and she's oh god i mean the whole the whole thing about her treating him like a human from his perspective that's what it was but in retrospect especially when she tells him i gave you what you really needed i made you into my pet oh but she also said that she was also going to give him his own house yeah well she this is the thing that she negotiated with the with her sisters is like we're going to fix up the house the house out there, you know, he's gonna live. He's gonna live in it. It's gonna be comfortable, and everything. We're gonna give him freedom of freedom of the castle. He he needs these. He needs these things. You know, kind of kind of thing. But it's again, she's just made him into a pet. And it's in retrospect, all of the interactions that she was having with him, treating him human, it was it was more just like she was housebreaking an animal. Yeah, like she was just basically trying to tame him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it seemed like it worked a little too well. Granted, she used the ring, and I'm wondering, if she didn't have the ring, what would she have done? I don't know. Um, that's kind of a moot point because it's clear she had the ring from the get go. Um, but there was another bit as when he tried speaking up in the, in the room with all four sisters, she went. Shh. The real people are talking. I was like, fuck. <laughs> it's right back to the whole dehumanization thing that they had initially done to him when they first brought him into the castle, like chucked him into the cell butt naked and, and all of that. Um, a little taste of hell and then a taste of heaven <laughs> kind of thing. So but, let's see what a taste of purgatory is like. Yep. Yeah. You know, and so now... We season three is over. We know they're making they're they're making season four. Who knows when that's going to come out? Because it's yeah. prob- production's probably been slowed down due to the pandemic. Um, not least because well, getting people into f- into recording booths to not everybody has their own in home recording studio. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm wondering what's going to happen. Isaac, we know now has. A transmission mirror, you know a that big ass a one. big ass one that can take multiple people at once. I like how he was like, I don't have to call you sir, do I? <laughs> yeah, a little callback to the little uh, the to the, to the viewing mirror that he had uh, that he got from the uh, merchant back in Tunis. It, is it weird that I kept thinking that when she was talking about a merchant with, or I'm sorry, the uh, the, the magician with the mirror? I kept thinking to myself, I was like, was it the guy who gave him the mirror? Is that who she might be talking about? But then no. when they showed him, yeah, and I, and it wasn't him. I was like, oh, okay. I thought it was gonna be like, hey, surprise. Yep. 
Um, but yeah, so Isaac can basically come through that portal into Styria whenever he wants because he knows, well, he, his main goal is to kill Hector because Hector, he believes Hector betrayed Dracula. Yeah, Hector did, but Hector was duped into doing so. Um, and he knows that Hector is in Styria. And so he, Isaac has this big ass army. I don't know that he, you know, how he's going to bring them all through the mirror at once, you know, but he'll obviously just send them in a marching line more, more, more likely. The smaller one, that was only for viewing, right? Yeah. Okay, because I was thinking, I was like, maybe you could combine the yeah, two mirrors. Yeah, Sir was just, it was just a viewing mirror. But he proved with the transmission mirror that he can use that to see things, too. Yeah. Because the first thing that he did once he once he brought the mirror together was he checked where Miranda, the, the mad old uh, woman left behind in the, in the uh, village by the wizard. She, you know, he basically looked in on her. She was very clearly aware that he was doing it doing so because she lifted her head and looked like right at him and he just sort of smirked nodded and then and then basically opened the portal to see the 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 town that he's now in command of yep so he has a whole town of corpses to play with Mm -hmm. and it's like i you know like i said earlier it's gonna it's gonna take him a while to convert all of those things do you think that for season four there's gonna be another time skip I'm guessing there probably will be. It's probably not going to be a very long one, though. Probably not, because they're going to... Well, the, well I mean, otherwise they're going to have to show uh, Trevor and Sypho aged a little bit. I suspect that, if, if anything, it'll probably just be another month or so. Uh, just enough time for Trevor and Sypho to have reached another major settlement of some kind, town or village, where something's going to something's going to drag them into the conflict. Uh, or maybe they head back to uh, Castle Dracula and the Belmont estate to check in on Alucard. They probably got to look at the front door and go, what the hell happened here? Because um, something's got to bring Alucard back into the, back into the plot. I was honestly wondering, what do you think the, the big battle would have been like if Alucard was involved? Like if they brought him uh, along with them in London, in Lindenfeld, yeah, um, probably it wouldn't have taken them nearly so long to fight past all those demons. <laughs> and he probably would have killed all those monks himself. Oh yeah, he probably just would have flash stepped around with his sword. And... <laughs> no, he would have just stood there, let his sword do everything. Like, <laughs> except I get the impression he doesn't over rely on the sword's magical properties. The one time I think we saw him use use it to do use the magic part of it was when he first was woken up from the coffin and he just sort of held his hand out and it mjolnir itself into his, <laughs> into his I'm hand. Still worthy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and but, but otherwise, we only ever saw him basically using it like a sword. He was flash stepping all over the place, but that was just you know vampire, you know his vampire, his vampire abilities. Um, it's one of the qualities of being a vampire. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> who knows down the line uh, if he continues to delve into his vampire psyche? Because we, we saw him trying to vamp out while he was bound up by the twins. You know, his eyes like changed color, and he had more fangs in his mouth as he like tried to. Burst I, I, out I was wondering what he was. I was like, is he gonna break 
out or something? Is, he, ch- is, he, is he trying to Hulk out or something? <clears throat> and, and who knows, maybe the sword was like, Master is in trouble. <laughs> and the sword's hovering there, it's like, I heard you were talking shit. <laughs> Uh, but it was a it, it was a great season, but it got real dark real quick. <laughs> last last episode was just sort of like fuck. And, and then, would you say it was mainly because of the judge or everything? Uh, well, I mean, the the judge, you know, and the twins, and you know, poor Hector and this and this and the sisters and everything. It was just like first the judge and you know. Sends Sal off. I'm like, wait, wait. What? Why? Why are you sparing this guy? Why? Why are you sending him off to the? What is at that apple tree? <laughs> and then, and then, yeah. And then we see I, I what. S- and then we see the pit. And I'm like, oh, oh no. no. And then it's, it's like they started. They layered the horror on top of one another. First the pit, and then you're like, wait. Where's that kid at? <laughs> Where's the kid? And then. Sypha sees the bones. Oh no. And then they find his serial killer shrine. And I'm like, no, no. Damn it. We were going to, we were just getting to start liking you. I was thinking that they, they played against type with Jason Isaacs, (laughs) but, um, yeah, season four, they're clearly setting up for forge master versus forge master there. I said that when we did the part, uh, well, I think we said that at the beginning, at the end of season two, that it seemed like they were going to be setting setting things up that way. Um, and then after the first half of season season three, we were both like, Forge Master versus Forge Master is totally going to happen happen uh, in season four, more most likely. Um, but it's just like, ah, man, I don't, I just don't really know how our how our heroic trio are going to reunite and get involved in the plot. Most likely they're going probably, probably going to realize that shit's too powerful for them to deal with themselves. So they need to get Alucard to help. Yeah. Maybe that's what'll happen. They, they stumble across Isaac's town and they realize what's going on. They're like, um, this is, this is too many demons for, for us to deal with. <laughs> uh, we need to go get back up Alucard. <laughs> Um, yeah, but definitely enjoyed it. Definitely, uh, should have, feel like I should have been gotten into the series before we started binge cast, but Hey, gave us an excuse to watch it. When season four comes out, we're going to do a binge cast. Like as soon as it drops, Oh yes, um, maybe not like a full binge straight through. We may just split it into, you know, parts like we've been doing, but nonetheless, we are going to binge it as soon as season four drops. Definitely. Whenever it gets announced. Whenever it gets announced, whenever it get, whenever it drops, and then obviously we'll work it around our work our respective work schedules. But yeah, definitely uh, enjoy enjoyed it. Anything else you feel like we need to add? No, I think we pretty much talked about everything that was in this particular season. Yeah, and there's not really a whole lot else to. to... Oh, the toilet paper line. <laughs> <laughs> it was a running gag in one of the episodes. Um, you know, as we're watching this, we're constantly, you know, being like, that's a Warren Ellis line right there because of the dialogue, because we know that he writes the series. Um, but 
when St. Germain uh, bumps into the judge the same morning the judge uh, sends the kid off to go pick apples, he, he sees St. Germain and St. Germain is, makes some... Uh, what was the li- How did the line go? Uh, it was something like, he was like, oh, well, it, se- uh, it seems like those, those two have taken a particular interest in you. He's like, yeah, they wanted to, they wanted to talk with someone who's seen toilet paper, and the judge just goes, what the, the fuck, fuck is toilet paper? paper? <laughs> and and, and uh, Jermaine said it was, uh, it's a Chinese thing or something. <laughs> it's a, Ch- a Chinese secret or something. Later that same episode, as he's talk, as he confronts Sala about the missing pages from the Necronomicon, uh, Sala make, makes some comments like they probably tore it out to use it as to use it in the in the toilet. That's, I hear the Chinese do that sort of thing. <laughs> the two of us is just about just two of us just started laughing our asses oh, off. <laughs> I mean, the Warren Ellis lines. You know, it's, but you were like every time that somebody dropped an f bomb, you're like, "Is that a, is that Ellis?" I'm like, "Ellis is more than or, just Ellis is more than just curse words. Well, it is you're, creative you're, cussing." You're more you're more familiar with his work than what I am. Yeah, I should let you borrow some of my copies of Transmetropolitan over there. I don't have the full the full range anymore. I left some of them. I got rid of some of them during the when when I moved, but I kept the ones that that I liked. I get the impression you'd probably you'd probably enjoy them. Quite possibly. And some of the themes in some of uh, in the volumes that I have there seem very relevant today in the current political climate. We'll leave it at that because we don't want to talk politics on the binge cast. That way is a surefire way to alienate people. Unless unless it's, unless it's uh, it has to do with like the plot or character development or whatever. Yes, unless or... politics plays directly into the creation of the series, kind of thing, or if it's one of the themes in the series. We don't talk politics here. We don't talk religion here because that's another way to to really quickly alienate people. Well, George Carlin said it best himself, and there's like some courtrooms in. Uh, the South that need to have uh, have the unspoken one. Keep thy religion to thyself. Mm-hmm. That's all we're going to say on the, on that subject. But uh, yes, that about wraps up this edition of the binge cast. We've been talking now for it's going to be close to an hour and twenty minutes because <laughs> we had a lot to talk about. Yeah. Also, uh, let us know what your favorite moment was in the first three seasons of Castlevania. Yeah, if and you have, if you have seen the, if you have watched the series, please let us know what your thoughts are in the comments <clears throat> section. Again, you can reach us on reach us on email or, or social media. Um, and also, uh, what do you think is going to happen with in season four? Uh, and uh, which Castlevania game is your favorite one? Yeah, there you go. Uh, email at. Uh, binge.cast.crew at gmail.com or at binge.cast at outlook.com or you can reach me on Twitter at J2KWinger but for Chris I'm Jay and we'll see you next time